Welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Tony Flynn. And I'm Kevin Decker. Kevin, it's usually at this point when you tell us that it's the self-congratulatory season 10. So I will say it is episode 17. That's and correct. And you guessed it. The episode title is Surprised by Ham. No exclamation mark on this one. It's a more subtle concept of being surprised by ham. And in many ways, the ham was has been surprised by us. Yes, that's oh true. Oh, my God. The ham's I'm got the plate worst now. surprise. Exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> and people have said it tasted like oily rubber erasers. Yeah. When you shake it out all in one glop from the little rectangular can. And it makes that lovely plop. By the way, I'm going to be um, cutting my eraser reference largely because that was bad. <laughs> but I'll keep your laugh. I thought it was good because, you know, erasers are intrinsically funny, I think, just like the letters J and K. So <laughs> they're not. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. Think about you can't you can't say something that begins with J without a, a sense of humor. Like, would you like a side of JoJo's with that? I mean, JoJo's is this a carnival? Are you some sort of wizard? I, it's it doesn't. And then I've never been able to get any kind of real seriousness out of my life because instead of having a name like Darcy Albertson or something, it's Kevin with a K. People put K in front of something when they don't know how to spell it with a C. So thanks, Mom and Dad. And my brother's name is Keith. So he has to suffer through the same stuff as well. I'm sorry. I'm ranting. No, but that was a very important point about wanting to be fixed kind of in the middle of the alphabet Yeah, like almost exactly the middle. It's wedged yeah. in, but you're yeah. like straddling a fence. And you know how much that hurts to straddle oh a fence my God, because yeah. of the narrowness of the bores. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Chain link fence, even worse, because there's bits <laughs> on top that can catch and keep. I should reveal that the meaning behind this title relates to a real event where my father, who used to work in the grocery business as a meat cutter, actually tackled a gentleman who was leaving a store that my father worked in 200 pounds heavier than when he had come in. So they weighed the customers when they well, came in? Well, I Just think... Just like when you take stuff to the dump? I, I, I think there, there was a scale. Yeah, I think they have to, you know, get on and off the scale. But it turned out that this guy had actually stuffed a whole bunch of hams down his pants, in his shirt, into his jacket... A bunch, uh, a bunch of, of, hams. of hams. They occupy a lot of space as is. Yeah, and he never made it clear to me were these those Danish canned hams were they, you know, full ham ends. I would have liked to have known what form right. the hams were in. Right, and did the man get injured because my father specifically said he tackled the ham stealer? And if you fall on hams, are you hurt or do they cushion you? Well, the can would. I think he just simply could have tripped him, and the weight. Throwing him off would have taken care of that. Uh, That may be. I did something similar, by the way, when I was in the book trade, but the guy had just stuck a Stephen Sondheim coffee table book down his pants. So I considered that to be progress, and here's why. My dad was dealing at the level of hams, but suddenly I've moved all the way up to shoplifters with Stephen Sondheim. So that's that's a class-level distinction right there. It is, and yeah. it, it, it's classist. Again, I don't yeah, know what classist, to say, yes. but those tales of yours make me realize I have no autobiography. Huh? I can't look back to any shoplifting stories. Huh. You've turned me into a void, Kevin. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate if you don't work somewhere where there might be shoplifters because they add a little piquancy. The possibility (laughs) is always there. I think the class has ascended once more. (laughs) 
Un peu piquant, oui. I've been hitting the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, Kevin, I think it's time that we wedged our way into an account of the uh, segments today. Yeah. What comes up first? <laughs> I, give me a dartboard. I have okay. no idea. All right. Well, I'll tell you because I'm <laughs> the one reading the list. He promised he wouldn't say that. He wouldn't I know, ask but that. I lied. Yeah. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> First one is fraud riders. That's right. There's some sort of uh, western-y horseback... Uh, no, I don't remember. It's about a woman who's very upset about the use of oxymorons in certain rural parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think she has a right to be upset. After that, Kevin? Uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> Pippa's pre-filled oh, okay. diaries. All right. You wrote this At one. least I recognize that one, what, yeah. Pippa's pre-filled diaries. What, what the uh, yeah. devil is that about? Well, the great thing about capitalism is producing junk and then convincing people that we desperately need it. So I figured, you know, are people just going to throw away their old diaries? No. They're going to sell them through Pippa's pre-filled diaries and make people who apparently have no autobiography feel like they have a past. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, and I profited wonderfully by checking to see what I was doing on September 7th, 1882. <laughs> I have a life that didn't exist before because I checked my diary yeah. the way Brett Kavanaugh did. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and after that, we moved to a new series ripping into that rubbery underbelly of America, R.V. Rapture, the mm. first of a, at this point, three-part series in which God intervenes with those large, cumbersome, traffic-blocking, out-on-the-road RVs. Yeah. We're asked to imagine what it would be like if all of those were suddenly raptured up or down. The world tends to be better for it, oh, but yeah. listen and see. After that, it's an advertisement once again for... R.J. Garlic, attorney at law, and daughters. That's right. This is not a food sketch. It is, in fact, about a very serious topic, identity theft. And after you listen to it, you're going to want to check your wallet to see if all the, the things in it are straight. Got your papers all in line there, buddy. <laughs> and if they're not straight, perhaps you can lose your identity by being falsely accused of identity theft. Either way, it's time to be anxious and paranoid. Finally, we have a new feature where Scott Herrick tells a story. This is a real story of a real event about when Scott Herrick, one of our writers, was a bus driver. And maybe you'll be satisfied with the ending. Maybe not. We'll see. Greetings, radio listener. I'm Murray Saunders, here with Francine Fourbury, Grand Marshal of the Fraud Writers, and we're here to find out today... Okay, right. Let's get straight to it. As Grand Marshal of the Fraud Writers, I'm here to talk about the issue that is eating away at the very heart of our national pride. Uh-huh, you got it. That's the problem. Lies, subterfuge, deception. Uh, deception? That's right. And it's achieved through double-dealing, trickery, guile, fraud. Fraud? That's what I said. Fraud. You mean like accounting fraud or tax fraud? No, I mean the kind of fraud that is perpetrated on everyday Americans. 
patriots. Patriots? Oh, it starts innocently enough. Who hasn't heard of chicken fingers, freezer, burn, or jumbo shrimp? Why, those turns of phrase are so commonplace that we hardly notice them at all. But they're softening us up, softening up the populace for other kinds of fraud. It's awfully good of you to offer these uh, unbiased opinions, but really, what's the harm in a simple oxymoron now and then? Jumbo shrimp are just the start. Once you start getting sloppy with your crustaceans, what's to stop you from reading all those opinion columns in the newspaper? I mean, those media folks don't know their crawdads from their crystal shrimp. Wait, wait, how did we get from scampy to scandal? Easy. Once you're willing to listen to conflicting points of view, it's all over. Jumbo. Shrimp. It's all about the language. When you pop a plump, juicy shrimp into your mouth, you're chewing on the ultimate contradiction. After a bowl full of that kind of seafood, what's to stop you from swallowing all those conflicting opinions in the media? So let me get this straight. We go from chicken fingers to freezer burn to jumbo shrimp to The Times, The Post, or CNN. And right on up to election fraud. Wow. Okay. So just because of jumbo shrimp... The real president is... Oh, come on. The real president is in the White House. (laughs) What did you have for lunch? Maybe a shrimp salad? Wait, no. A shrimp fajita? Oh, maybe. I knew it. When you swallowed those jumbo shrimp, you swallowed the whole deep state election fraud. We fraud writers know that the last presidential election results are as unreliable as weak old sushi. Give me a break. There is nothing in common between those two things. Besides, what do you think happens when the candidate that you want wins? What about then? Shrimp shortage. And you've got to admit that phrase makes a lot more sense than jumbo shrimp. (sighs) Okay, I give up. I'm not going to butt heads. See? What I can see is that there's nothing to be done here. Maybe in our last moments on the air, you can tell why your organization is called the Fraud Writers. Our paid volunteers ride all over the country, spreading the word about the secret deep state fraud. I'm confused. If it's secret, how do you know about it? After the lunch you had, of course you're confused. Well, maybe at least you could tell me what it is that fraud riders ride exactly. I like to think of us as modern-day cowboys. Cowboy? Yep. We drive Cherokee Pioneers. Hello, listener. Hey, I bet I know something about you, and we've never even met. No, I'm not talking about what you did last summer. I'm aware of that as well. No, I bet you fall into one of two groups of the literate American public. I'm Pippa Buckminster, and if you're not a knuckle-dragging Neanderthal, then I bet you're either an avid reader who doesn't give a fig for the art of daily journaling, or you're a committed diarist who simply doesn't have time to write a word in our rat race of a world. 
Well, whichever group you fall into, except the Neanderthals. My service, Pippa's Prefilled Diaries, has something for you. Our monthly subscription plan, for teenage girls only, sends you three high-quality moleskin journals with daily events already filled in. Perfect for girls who love to reflect on their adventures weeks or months later, but are too busy making TikTok videos. Oh, Melissa, look here in your diary. It looks like you've got a crush on Ahmad Crenshaw again. Who's Ahmad Crenshaw? Oh wait, these are somebody else's memories. <laughs> it says here in your diary that you need a new translator for your meeting with the president of Burma. Hey, what was the date on that? December 5th, 1974. I must have missed that meeting. <laughs> and the best thing is we send you three, so we can throw one right away. That's right. It's how we ensure quality control here at Pippa's Pre-Filled Diaries. And for the mysterious and exciting man in your life, how about a pre-filled blotter for his desk? Uh, hello, Chief. I'm on the track of the Alhambra Heights murderer. I just served a warrant at the home of... Hey, buddy, what's your name again? Uh, Dan. Dan Branch. Oh, good. We've been trying to pin something on that weasel for years. Yeah, well, that's the problem, Chief. I checked his desk blotter, and he was in Jamaica at the date and times of the murders occurred. And while he was there, he finished some book named Octopussy? Damn. Well, look into the book. Maybe we can get him on a pornography charge. Well, that last part should have been edited out. Um, hey, for those who fall into the group of committed diarists who can't be bothered to pick up clay and stylus, how about one of our pre-filled historical diaries? Ah, where was I? At the office all morning and after dinner abroad with W. Hewer to my Lord Ashley's, where my Lord Barclay and Sir Thomas Ingram met upon Mr. Bovey's account, when I was in great pain about that part of his account, wherein I am concerned, above 150 pounds sterling, I think. And Creed hath declared himself dissatisfied with it, so, so far as to desire to cut his examinator out of the paper as the only condition in which he would be silent in it. Ah, now, that was a day worth remembering. Just imagine how helpful one of Pippa's pre-filled historical diaries could be if you were ever suffering from amnesia. You didn't bother with your own Plan B diary, did you? So. For the lazy person who still wants to treat themselves to the savor of the good times and relive the melancholy and agony of the bad times, try Pippa's Prefilled Diaries. You're enjoying the audio bromide, Men in Charge. And now, this.
right, folks, all right. If you could just form a line between the gates, I'll get through this introductory material as soon as I can. I know that the first day of heaven can be a bit of a shock, but look around. I think you'll find that we deliver just about everything that the brochures promise. I'm St. Peter and... Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait just a gosh darn minute. I thought you were supposed to be a... Man? <laughs> really, Mr. Uh, Mr. White? I think that you'll find that rigid gender identity is just not our uh, <clears throat> thing here. Now, if you'll just step back in line with the... But I bought a gold card for a lot of money. I'm a gold card club member. Do I have to wait in line with everybody else? Can I just, well, go in because of my special... Your special what? Um, privilege. Well, Mr. White, I see now that you are correct. There has been a mistake. It's obvious that you are in the wrong place. Huh. If the rest of you will take a step away from Mr. White, I'll just flip this switch and... <laughs> now, does anyone else have a gold card? Excellent. First, let's move on to the Harporama, and then we'll go for your wing fitting. After that... Oh, God. Sorry, I have to take this. Yes, Lord? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see. Okay, Lord. I'll be right there. I never should have given him my private number. For now, everybody can browse around the beginner's harp section, and I'll catch up with you later. Yes, Lord. St. Peter, I have a plan. A plan, Lord. A plan. I look down on the world, and I am displeased. Are you thinking another course correction, Lord? They have incurred my wrath. They are a blight in mine eyes, and they are an abomination. What are you thinking this time? Blood? Famine? Pestilence? No. I admit that there remain many things which delight me still. But even though we have started taking care of these gold card members, another, uh, culling is in order. And what exactly are we culling, Lord? Those mobile tin cans, those caravans, those camper trailers, those recreational vehicles. What is an RV but spawn of the beast? I shall smite them all. But, Lord, are, are you not mighty but compassionate? What of those who would be homeless? Oh, okay, okay. No smiting, especially of those who have no other housing option. Hmm. Maybe a very selective rapture. My punishment shall be just. Let's focus on those with third homes, fourth homes. The RV rapture shall be for those who drive 50 on the freeway. For those who do not pull over to let others pass on two-lane highways. For those who get five miles to the gallon. For those who spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on these excrescences while others go hungry. 
But Lord, doesn't rapture mean that a person is taken up to heaven? <laughs> You're right. But now I am thinking that this particular rapture shall go the other direction. Now remember, Lord, you are a merciful God. Let's consider your approval ratings. Perhaps a downwards rapture of the offending vehicles themselves would be enough? Not the people? Yeah, sure, that works for me. But disable their cell phones so they can't call an Uber. It shall be made so, Lord. Fred, do you feel something funny? Is the RV running okay? Funny? Well, Margaret, now that you mention it, what what is that noise? Or, or maybe it was something we ate. You know, those chicken sliders did look sort of off. Even little Bitsy seems kind of, I don't know, uneasy. Oh, poor little pup. Try giving her some more Doritos. Aw, she won't even take a Dorito. Margaret? Margaret? Fred? What? What just happened? The Fleetwood Discovery LXE! It's, it's just gone. It disappeared. I told you we should have bought the Winnebago instead. How did we wind up just sitting here in the, in the middle of the highway with no comfort glide seats, no cup holders, and no cell phone reception? Oh, Fred, my phone is dead too. Oh! We're going to have to hike through the middle of nowhere with nothing but a bag of Doritos, one hubcap, and a flatulent Shih Tzu. Oh, poor Bitsy. Here, honey, have a Dorito. Oh, Lord, surely these people's trials are great. Do not they and their humble Shih Tzu deserve your mercy? Well, except for the Doritos, they have been good to the dog. Oh, Margaret, my feet are killing me. Be strong, Fred. Have another Dorito. That party-sized bag is the only thing to keep us going. A car! Finally! Wave the hubcap, Fred! Wave the hubcap! He there saw the hubcap and felt sorry for your little dog. You've got to stop feeding him Doritos. Well, I guess you folks can hop in anyway. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate this. So, St. Peter? Yes, Lord? I, in my mercy, have sustained my children with Doritos, and I've given them a hubcap to flag down a ride. I've gladdened their hearts with the flatulent Shih Tzu. Let the RV rapture continue across the land. Hello, this is an important message from me, Richard J. Garlick, of the law offices of Richard J. Garlick. And daughters. Yes, that's right. Those are my daughters, Tegan and Tabitha. Listener, have you suddenly had strange packages that you didn't order appear on your porch? Or have strangers been calling you with hushed, urgent messages in what sounds like code? If you've been experiencing these or any other strange phenomena, then it's entirely possible that your identity has been stolen. Daughters, tell them how it happens. It might start innocently enough with what seems like flirting with a dark and handsome stranger in your neighborhood watering hole. 
But if you're not careful, by the time you finish your second apple teeny, the stranger has filched all your pertinent details of your life. He or she looks you up on social media, ignoring your funny cat videos and the extensive lists of everything you bought at Peddler Pete's on your last grocery trip. Wow! And they zero in on pertinent information from Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, AOL Instant Messenger, or Yahoo GeoCities pages. Information like your social security number, your bank account information, and any wanted posters of you posted by the FBI or the Israeli Mossad. But fear not. If your identity has been stolen, the law offices of Richard J. Garlic. And daughters. Yes, and my daughters, we can help. Using all the powers of the law, we'll get your identity back. And our guarantee is that if we can't restore your original identity, all shined up and ready to be soiled again by its legitimate owner, we'll set you up with a new identity, at no charge, and for only a small fee handling fee. That's the Richard J. Garlic and Daughters Guarantee. But hey, it's a dog-eat-dog world. The person who stole your identity might actually contact me, Richard J. Garlic, first. They might want to press charges against you for stealing what they claim is their identity. And then where would you be? You don't want to face our dad in the court of criminal law. So take the first step before your assigned criminal does. And call the law offices of Richard J. Garlic today. It's time for Scott Herrick Tells a Story. How do buses get to where they end up? And the answer is, in my experience, they come from a factory in Indiana. And one summer I was asked to go back with seven or eight other bus drivers. They flew us back to pick up brand new school buses and drive them back to Seattle. So we flew back and we got picked up by the factory van and they took us to the uh, factory, and there were thousands of brightly painted, brand new school buses lined up for as far as you could see. Each of us was given the owner's manual and the keys, and we all got in our individual buses, and it smelled like a brand new school bus, which is about 200 times better than a new car smells. And they were all 66 passenger buses. It was a summer afternoon, about 4.30, and we all came out of the giant parking lot in our spankin' new buses and got right on, I think it was I-80, headed west. And we were all lined up, merging onto this expressway. And the guy in the lead suddenly put his flashers on. We'd been driving about five minutes. And he pulled over to the right, to the lane, you know, reserved for emergencies. And then the third guy in line put his flashers on. We all ran out of gas within about a minute of each other. And we're all parked with our flashers blinking at rush hour in these huge, brand new buses. That's all the time we have now for Scott Herrick Tells a Story. Kevin, it's time for you to thank 
our cast. First, let me thank the Bad Plus for our theme song, but also our cast members for today. Thank you to Jody Stewart-Strobel, Scott Herrick, Nancy Roth, Kevin Decker, Nisha Schramm, Faith Lloyd, Miranda Lloyd, and Tony Flynn. We'd also like to thank our writers, Scott Herrick, Ann Porter, and uh, Kevin Decker. We'd also like to thank the four whose numbers are up this week. Carrie Boyce, Vern Windham, Nisha Schramm, Nancy Roth, and the only man for whom raisins are a treat, Brian Lindsay. 